and welcome to another edition of Seeking Sustainability Live. And today we are doing an unboxing, talking about Shojin Yori with two amazing female founders, Lillian and Aki, in the US and in Japan. Thank you so much for joining, Lillian and Aki. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having us, dude. It's wonderful to have you join us this time, Aki. Last time we talked to Lillian, and then I did one of the unboxings on my own. So I was talking about you guys, but this time I have you both here together with me while I open up your amazing box, which is all vegan, plant based, shojin yori. But before we dive into all these great ingredients, the stories of the manufacturers and producers, I want to hear a little bit about you guys. So, Aki, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay.、Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Aki Sugiyama. I am the co founder of the Kokoro Care Packages.、Uh, Kokoro Care Packages,、uh, for those who that,、uh, doesn't know,、uh, is a subscription box、uh, curating and delivering all those、uh, authentic Japanese food directly from Japan to your door.、And We have some like、uh, seasoning sauces which you can use for the cooking, and then teas and snacks, all of those, you know, the food categories、uh, you can enjoy on your、uh, dining scene. And yes, and we, found,、uh, we founded Kokoro Care Packages like,、uh, almost three years ago、uh, with Lillian. And I, I actually started my career at the banking industry、uh, in 2010. And I worked to the、uh, Citibank.、Uh, I was working in the Citibank Japan as a, a bank clerk and also the software、uh, testing and also as a FX option trader. s And then I was,、uh, during that career, I was into Uh, fitness and the nutrition. And then、uh, that's when I met Lillian through my、uh, colleague. And then I visited Lillian, and when she moved to the LA,、uh, then we started talking about you know,、uh, um, authentic Japanese food there. There's so much more we can you know, explore, we can introduce to you know, those、uh, following audiences. So, why don't we just、uh, start doing that? And then we started like, you know,、uh, searching for how to really make this happen. After I, I went back to Japan, then half a year later, we started this uh, business uh, from the crowdfunding. And yeah, then here we are, like, you know, after three years,、uh, we are. Still、uh, operating in the small team, but uh, uh, we are、um, delivering many boxes to the mainly to the、uh, America and Canada, and but also to the you know some、uh, many European countries, Asia and Australia as well.、Uh, so, yeah,、uh, I think and、uh, Aki, you're you're original, are you half Okinawan? Is that right? <laughs> Yes, yes,、uh, my mom is from、uh, Ishigaki Island, which is just the next to Taiwan.、Uh, We were yes, just I... talking about Ishigaki yesterday. I、oh, was talking、oh, with、really? a typhoon chaser. His job is to go chase the typhoons and, and extreme weather. 
And oh, he well, went to he's definitely in the right and, place to do that. <laughs> and so, yeah, he was showing all these amazing pictures of Ishigaki before the storm, during the storm, after the storm. And it's somewhere I've always wanted to go. I've been to Miyakojima. I've been to Okinawa Island, but not Ishigaki. It looks amazing. And I'm also, Aki, I have lots of Goya growing outside in my garden. You have to tell me some good Goya recipes. That's you grow your own Goya, even where you are. I yeah. really needed more tropical weather. Well, it's it's been so hot. It's still 30 degrees in Hiroshima now, and it's October. Oh, wow. So yeah, maybe Goya well. might, be, might be easier to grow even as we go forward because it's kind of a tropical vegetable, right? But it has beautiful leaves. It's great green cover, like in front exactly. of my windows. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's what the people use for. Yeah, yeah and they were saying, and too, then of I course think, I um, can eat it too. <laughs> well, we we do different themes, as everyone knows, every every month and every season, um, as part of our subscription care package, and we always get such wonderful feedback, particularly for the Okinawa care package. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, with Aki being from there and being able to really source locally. And she knows a lot of the farmers and the producers that work down there. So it's uh, it's one of our, our our customer favorites, and we're always happy to to share, bring back the Okinawan one every year when we can. That's awesome. And Aki, one of the things that I read um, in the interview is that you try really hard to get ingredients which are not usually in local supermarkets. So even in Japan, these ingredients are very special and very hard to come by. Can you tell us a little bit, how do you find these amazing producers and products? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, those are many of uh, our products. I mean, most of our products are not really widely sold in uh, around Japan as well. Uh, so I, I try to like, uh, visit them as many expo as possible and directly be able to talk to uh, the producer in person. And that's where I uh, find the most of the products. And also I found the product through the introduction of the producer. And then I asked you know, my producer, do you know any like a good product? Uh, I'm uh, finding these kind of things. And then, yeah, they know, you know their friend or their uh, co-workers and can introduce you know some of the good one they know then I yeah I find some of them so yeah it's a uh, through the many uh, mainly to through the personal connection and also I try to like uh, uh, visit as many the shop as possible around Tokyo and then see yeah uh, what's new and then yeah uh, what's out and yeah. yeah and going to the expos too in Japan I think that that's a a great connection but i think as you probably know joy too it's a very it's a small community right i think everywhere where you go when people are focusing on sustainability and tradition and you sort of meet like-minded producers and farmers and people who are sort of focusing on the same thing so i think once you sort of meet one you'll meet another and you kind of build that community and i think aki's done an incredible job for us uh, in japan doing that yeah definitely and i'm i'm showing the website right now on screen and all the beautiful profiles that you have of all the producers on the website. You also have uh, introductions of the boxes, of course, but you also introduce recipes, how to use the different ingredients. And one of the things, like I'm going to open the box right now and let's go through everything. 
But yeah, the well, we were magazine, excited. I think the magazine well, is amazing. It's thank you. Must you. Well, take we put you a lot of work into that. Yeah, to create such a beautiful magazine. Yeah, the care package that, that we sent to you. Yeah, so the, the care package that, that we sent to you is um, actually after our first conversation, Joy, I know you, you talked a lot about your vegan community and um, we had always thought about putting together a special vegan care package. So we have our subscriptions and that theme changes every month and every season, but we have our collections care packages and those are available year round. And for us, a lot of them are sort of um, somewhat introductory care packages. So people who want to know exactly what they're going to get and, you know, if they want to maybe look at some recipes or they just want to try it out. These are really great boxes because it's a one time purchase. So you can give it as a gift or you can try it for yourself. Um, and after our conversation, we had sort of been talking about putting together a vegan one because I know for um, a lot of people when they go to Japan, it's, uh, you know, it's a very heavily plant focused diet, but there is there is fish, I think that sometimes can sneak its way into different broths or sauces. And so we really wanted to put something together that was exclusively vegan. Um, and I'm so glad that you pointed out our brochure because this is something that we really take a lot of pride in putting together every month. We really want to make our care packages as seamless and easy for people to use and to give them as much explanation because I think for a lot of people when they hear about Japanese food you know they know how healthy it is they know how delicious it is they know how dynamic it is um, but it can be overwhelming you know I think for anyone even going to a Japanese grocery store or even just trying one product where you can't read the label you don't know what the ingredients are you're not sure how to use it um, and so we try to make it as easy as possible in our brochure. We talk a lot about um, the products itself. We proudly list all the ingredients. So um, you'll notice even with the vegan dashi that we have, um, there's no MSG in that. There's no MSG in any of our products. Um, everything is um, additive free. There's no chemicals. And so we make sure that it's really authentic and pure. Um, we go through the stories of the producers because we really want people to be connected. So for us, it's a community of connecting um, people from around the world who have a, a, a passion for Japan with the local farmers and producers. So we always like to share their stories. Um, and then we put detailed recipes for people who want to follow those. And as well, we also put in suggested uses. So if people just want to experiment a little more, you know, we'll say you can sprinkle this on on some chicken or you can try even putting it um, on some pizza and you know we try to make it so that people can even just add a dash of Japanese flavors to their regular meals so um, we do our best to make it as easy as possible for everyone to enjoy Japanese food because that's really at the core of what we want to do. It's awesome and it's it's what you were saying in uh, the interview you did recently it's about introducing more healthy, more diverse ingredients and recipes from Japan to people around the world. And when we talked last time, Lily, and you also said how popular it's been for people in Japan, like me, who have trouble finding these amazing ingredients, they're not at my local supermarket. And when I tried yeah. this last time, one of the things that really impressed me was this dried wood ear mushroom. So let's talk about this. Can you tell us about this product and the producers? Sure. I, Aki, did you want to talk a little bit about the kikurage? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yes, uh, this kikurage is very special, especially uh, it's uh, uh, that water clearness uh, where it's uh, it's grown. It's uh, grown in, near the Niodogawa River that is in the Kochi Prefecture. 
and that is known for the one of the most cleanest uh, uh, the river in Japan because uh, Kikurage, you know, this dried mm. ear, uh, ear mushroom is uh, many of the contents is water. So the water quality really matters for this, you know, uh, mushroom quality itself. So if you compare, you, know, you will find the, the similar one in the Asian grocery store, but uh, many of them uh, I found in Japan is from China. So it's hard to find the something uh, in uh, made in Japan. And you really uh, see the, the difference, in a, especially in a, when you smell something, uh, when you smell it, and also when you taste it, each of the, you know, uh, you will see, uh, you will find the difference in each of the sense. Yeah, I yeah. think that that's been a an, an sort of important thing that we would like to share with our customers as well. I think a lot of people may have heard of shiitake mushrooms. And, you know, I think a lot of times, even what you can find in Japanese grocery stores, even for me in Los Angeles, when you really taste the difference of the quality of something that, you know, Aki's been able to find in Japan, I mean, she really goes above and beyond finding things that are are so authentic to the specific regions. And these kikurage, I don't know um, if your audience may be familiar with it. It's a really interesting mushroom. I, it's, um, you can sort of see a picture of it, but it, it, when it rehydrates, it becomes very crisp, almost. Like it, it's very, it has like a crunchy texture to it, but it does have a juiciness to it as well. So it's a very distinct mushroom um, from Japan. So it's really wonderful for people to try something that's a little bit outside of what they might be familiar with when it comes to sort of the, the regular shiitake mushrooms that they know. So we were very excited to introduce this one. Yeah, I love all of the deep umami that you get from all mm -hmm. the amazing mushrooms in Japan. And this one in particular was so delicious um, when I rehydrated it by soaking it in water and then used it in cooking. And in the magazine here, you have a beautiful picture of the water. Look how clear and beautiful that water in Kochi is, which you mentioned, Aki, is such an important part of the, the quality of the product, right? Yes, yes, that's right. And then what's interesting uh, about this uh, producer is that uh, that guy on this picture, he's called uh, Fukumori-san. Uh, he is uh, tried to pro he tried to promote the, this uh, kikurage mushroom, uh, and he makes a recipe. And the recipe number is so huge, and he tried out the new recipe every almost every day to uh, his family. So that I saw her uh, him in the NHK the other day, and then his daughter seems to be really tired of tasting new recipe using the tray. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough, me. dad, enough already, right? Like in the family. That's yes, so yes. cute. Uh, we have a, a comment from Tomoko on Facebook that looks so delicious. Uh, Steve from YouTube said, hi, Lillian. This is Steve Sueoka from the half of Facebook oh, hi, group. Hi, Steve. Yeah, thanks for joining, guys. Great to have you on our journey around Japan, amazing ingredients, which happen to be plant-based and vegan. And that was another point I wanted to make is some of the labels in this box, Aki and Lillian, do have that clear vegan mark, but so many don't. So for me, uh, even living in Japan or someone visiting Japan, if they don't see that clear label, they're a little bit skeptical. Is Does it have fish uh, stock in it or dashi? So by curating this beautiful collection, 
you're doing such a great service for anyone who is really trying to follow the vegan plant-based diet to find all of these great uh yeah i think even um as we maybe talk about we just don't have the label package, yet right Sorry, Lillian, were yeah, you saying well, something? We were even just for our products ourselves. We want um, everybody to be very comfortable with the fact that when they come to Kokoro Care Packages, they know that they're getting, as a baseline, very high-quality products, no additives, no chemicals, no MSG, something that we've curated specifically. I mean, I think um, people who know me can attest that I'm quite particular about the foods that I eat, and I want to make sure that this is something that um, people feel very comfortable with and um, especially when it comes to being a vegan you're right I think it can be a little bit difficult because I've I've heard stories of people you know going into you know a ramen shop and asking for ramen and being told that it's vegan um, and then you know the shop owner not necessarily understanding that you know that means also in the broth and things like that so we want to just make sure that people are, are very comfortable with it so the vegan one we were very um, even with the kudzu kitty so which is the um, the noodles that come, they're almost, they almost look like glass noodles and they're made from kudzu, which is um, a vine that grows in Japan and it comes from the root. But um, the original one that we had showcased in a different care package actually had honey in the sauce. Um, and so we know that some vegans, you know, sometimes don't feel comfortable with honey. And so we made sure specifically that we could include one that, that didn't even have that. So we want to make sure that we're sort of very true to, um, to what people believe in, in terms of what they're looking for from their products. And, um, That's even so just putting together to the hear. theme, we, um, yeah. And you can just yeah, well, feel we that, we that sense about... of confidence ordering from you guys. Yeah, well, we had... And that, that's true yeah, well, we of the about... word as well. Um, usually shojin yori is plant-based vegan, but there are some areas of Japan where the shojin yori has become a fish-based stock. Like I heard oh, from the monks in Yamagata, they're using a fish-based stock for their shojin yori. And for someone working in travel, that's really confusing for anybody coming in from other countries mm -hmm. or even someone trying to be vegan in Japan because the usual recommendation is shoujin yori is vegan. And that's not even vegetarian if you're using fish stock, right? So oh, it's so nice to have an organization like you guys are doing where you can trust this shoujin yori is vegan, it's plant-based, it's uh, as healthy as you can get. You're looking for natural, uh, low chemicals, no GMO. You guys are very careful and specific about choosing the healthiest ingredients. I think it gives people yeah. a lot of peace of mind. And I think even for the package itself, we had sort of talked about just putting together a vegan almost we have a creative beginnings redefining wa care package which is sort of our Japanese cooking essentials and we had thought about just sort of creating a vegan um, equivalent to that but what we really wanted to do was now focus on shojin rori because we thought that this was a wonderful opportunity for us to also teach about different aspects of Japanese um, cuisine and eating and philosophies and um, I'm sure your, your audience might be familiar with shojin yori, which is sort of the Buddhist Zen philosophy of eating and it's very specific in terms of the ingredients. There's there's no animal products, no alcohol. Um, you're not even allowed to have very sort of strong flavors. Um, so there's no garlic. Um, what is the the shallots, the rakyo? 
um, I think as well is not allowed. And so we were very specific to make sure we didn't include those as well. But um, we also just, you know, in the very beginning of your brochure, we sort of explain what Shojin Nordi is and talk about the philosophies. And that's a lot of um, how we look at eating as well. It's it's more about, you know, how you prepare your food, how you enjoy your food, you know, sort of giving thanks to the farmers and um, the nature from where it comes from. So that was a really important part of putting this pet care package together. Yeah. I've interviewed um, Bern Schellenhorn, who's a vegan shojin yori chef in Kyoto. And he does a lot of huge, beautiful meals and travels around to other shojin yori chefs around Japan. And he talks a lot about um, the atmosphere of the room, mm -hmm. the ikebana flower arrangements. So there's so much more than just the food. Um, I would love to go and experience a beautiful shojin yori meal. Um, but if you don't have the money or you don't have the time to do that, I think your box is the next best thing. <laughs> well, thank you. Wonderful. A great way to do it at home. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the beginning of the brochure, when you're talking about the history and the meaning of Shojin Yori is really well done. Beautiful. Let's talk about another product here. We mentioned dashi. Let's talk about the kelp shiitake dashi because that is the basis of any good cooking is having a deep, rich stock. And dashi is, when I talk to businesses and I suggest having a vegan option, dashi is often what they say is the hurdle. We have a very wonderful dashi we're very proud of. We cannot have a vegan dashi and be proud of it is what they often say. And so tell me a little bit about this dashi that you put in the box. So it's, a, it's uh, as you know, it's really hard to find a dashi which doesn't contain the fish element. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, um, most of the people might uh, understand dashi uh, or umami only comes from the you know, kombu or shiitake or bonito, that's kind of things. But uh, actually, umami actually exists in uh, every kind of the uh, food, vegetables also. But uh, it's just that, uh, you know, the umami uh, the kinds and also the, the amount is uh, a little bit less uh, compared to the, you know, fish uh, or other, you know, uh, main major uh, umami ingredient, but uh, so this uh, dashi actually ma mainly uses uh, kelp and uh, uh, kombu and shiitake, but also uses the you know dried daikon, which is called the kiriboshi daikon, uh, and it has uh, really like a sweetness uh, umami, and so yeah, uh, this is very versatile. You can use it for the any kind of dish. Yeah, I think people, um, when we talk about dashi, maybe don't realize that, um, you know, it can be the base of the soup for sure, but it can also just be, you know, anytime you're using a water in a dish or you want to season something, you can use dashi stock and it will just add a different flavor and element. And it really, what it works to do is when we talk about umami, it helps to bring out the flavors of the other ingredients that it's paired with. And so kombu and shiitake have um, two different types of amino acids that actually activate the umami receptors on your tongue. And so we'll therefore 
as you're enjoying any meal that combines some dashi in it, you'll, the flavors will naturally be enhanced on the way that you taste them. Um, and as Aki mentioned, yeah, you can, you know, you can get dashi from anything. So you can actually boil daikon and create its own dashi. And usually there's an element of salt that will help in order to really bring out the flavors. I've talked and this to one a too few uniquely, people. it has no MSG in it. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I've talked to a few people who are working hard on food waste issues. And so they're using all their vegetable cuttings that you normally wouldn't eat. And they're using the cuttings, the ends of the vegetables to make a beautiful vegan vegetable dashi. And I thought, what a great way to reduce food waste and to create the rich like soup stock. Uh, just to mention on the box very clearly, as you can see in the photo as well, there is that clear plant-based uh, logo. So it's very clear to see that this is a vegan plant-based product. I hope to see this more in Japan. This is so nice and clear. I also wanted to point out on your website, when you're talking about producers, you have a great picture of the kelp producer, which maybe you have in your other boxes. Um, it looks amazing. And kelp and seaweed is definitely something in terms of sustainability and cleaning the oceans and capturing carbon. Kelp and seaweed are real heroes that I want to support more of in buying the food. But also, if I know of any um, kelp and seaweed farms, I want to go visit. I want to find out more. So please introduce me to your kelp and seaweed producers. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Looks amazing. Yeah, I think Hokkaido would be a great trip for you too, because that's where most of the kombu is um, is found yes. and harvested in Japan. Um, and around the world actually comes a lot from Hokkaido. So that's a, a great region if you're looking to uh, learn more about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would love to. Uh, let's talk next about koya dofu the freeze-dried tofu. Yeah, so I think, I don't know if, if your audience is, is very familiar with uh, koya dofu. It comes in, so tofu in Japan comes in many different forms, and we can even talk about the, the yuba that's in your care package as well next. Um, but koya dofu is a freeze-dried tofu, and the legend has it was there was a monk living in a monastery who accidentally left his tofu outside in the winter, and it froze. Mm -hmm. And so the next day he enjoyed it and he sort of discovered koya dofu. Um, but it has a really unique texture to it. When you rehydrate it, it almost becomes like sponge-like. And so it really absorbs a lot of the juices. Um, so when you take a bite out of it, it almost bursts with all the flavors. If you're you know, putting it in a soup, it will absorb all of that. Um, and so it's a really unique product. I would say it doesn't taste as much strongly like tofu, but more sort of takes on the flavors of anything that it's cooked with. And I'm, I'm showing the pictures that you sent me uh, from where it's produced. Is that in Nagano where they're growing the special soybeans that it's used? And it's so nice to see made in Japan soybeans. It's so unusual to have soybeans from Japan, wonderful. Yeah, um, many uh, many of the domestic soybeans are raised in uh, Hokkaido, but this one specifically uses the one from Nagano, so it was very unique. Hmm. Yeah, but the main, most of the the soybeans uh, actually used for the koya dofu can be from other country also. So the domestic one is, uh, as you said, is hard to find. 
Yeah, and I think the specific variety of this from one from Argentina is saying she misses it. She hasn't eaten it for 25 years. Oh, that's so good. Oh, <laughs> Please order some from Coco Care Package. <laughs> so this is your producer here, the Koya Dofu maker, right? Yes. Can you tell us about yeah, it? Yeah, it's really well, it's really interesting. Oh, they well, use um as oh sorry, go ahead, Aki. Uh, go, uh, no, no, go go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say it's really interesting because even the soybeans that they use, the different soybeans based on where it's domestically grown can have a different flavor. And and this one, um, I'm probably Nakasenari, I think is Raki can probably can <laughs> correct my my Japanese, but this is it, it naturally has a high sugar content. So the tofu will have like a little bit more of a, a sweetness to it um, because of that. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And then I think we can also even talk about the yeah. Yuba if there's if there's tofu lovers uh, in the have, audience. We have Yuba next, um, but I want to hear Perfect. more about this uh, Koya Dofu producer. If you have any stories, Aki. Uh, well, yeah, uh, actually, this uh, producer uh, specifically made the all different kinds of Koya Dofu and uh, using the you know domestic soybean as this one and using the you know the imported one as well and they have a different size and amount and so they're the you know uh, expert in the koya dofu so that's why uh, we decided to source from them and yeah they have the variety you know they have oh, they also have the uh, the product which uses the, the uh, additives to make the expert uh, shelf life longer because uh, koya dofu uh, it looks like it has a longer shelf life, but it's actually not. So uh, they try to um, yeah uh, make uh, use the other like uh, uh, ingredients to uh, make it longer. So I yeah they have uh, all those different variety on koya dofu. So yeah um, that was uh, yeah uh, about this producer. Yeah, interesting. And I think in the previous uh, box that I got from you guys, there was a, a goma dofu, like a sesame style tofu with a sauce as well. And that was really delicious. So I'm sure tofu is one of the more popular ingredients, but it's difficult to, of course, ship abroad or even ship in, ship in Japan if it's the regular uh, full of water version. So this version must be much easier to ship around and it's a lot lighter than even the sesame tofu, which is so dense and heavy, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah, as you said, uh, tofu, yeah, this one is made, um, many of them are made from uh, soybeans, but the, in, in each region, it has its own version of tofu, like, you know, sesame, uh, goma tofu, sesame tofu. And uh, in Okinawa, we have like, you know, jimami tofu, which is made from peanuts. And so it's uh, very interesting to look for the each, you know, regions uh, on, on tofu when you travel. I'm getting really excited about seeing more about the Okinawan box. You said you had an Okinawan box. <laughs> I've never heard of peanut tofu. Yeah. I have to check that out. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, for the vegan people, it might be harder to visit Okinawa because uh, their broth is mainly the pork and also uh, katsu. So yeah, uh, 
Uh, I um, really actually, as a vegan vegetarian family, uh, when we went to Miyakojima or Okinawa, we didn't have any problems. There was so much, and I think it's similar to any tropical place. There's so much great fruit and vegetables. Um, they have those like mini, they looks like sea grapes, they call it. And yes. we were eating those, mm. and they were really interesting. There was a, <laughs> a lot of Goya dishes, of course. <laughs> and Okinawan people were very easy to make adjustments. So if it usually came with meat, uh, all the places we ate were like, yeah, no problem to just do vegetables version. So we, we didn't have a big problem. Mm, that's good to hear. Mm. All right, let's talk about the hishio mori, moromi. Yes. Ah, yes. Ah, this product is actually my favorite. Uh, when I first tried it, I was so amazed by, you know, its uh, umami contents and also its uh, its taste is amazing. I mean, if you use it on a, just a boil on a, you know, baked vegetables, it will like becomes in you know, a restaurant dish. That much this in uh, sauce is awesome. Um, yeah, the, uh, this is what, what I made. Uh, actually, it's just, you know, salt. Uh, and it, uh, I used the salt on the asparagus and then just uh, put this uh, sauce, but that, it was really, really good. Uh, so delicious. And I had this in the last yeah, I think box for, that for I people got. people who might not know. Oh, and it, it's, it went so fast in our house because mm -hmm. we were using it on everything. Vegetables, we used it on tofu. And just on top of rice was also delicious. It's a beautiful, really delicious, deep uh, umami flavor kind of sauce. I love this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lillian, I think for people who something? might not know moromi. Yeah, I was saying it's um, for those people who might not know moromi, it's, it's almost like the, it, they call it a fermented mash is kind of the, we, we struggle sometimes with translating things from Japanese to English because sometimes the English translation doesn't do it justice. But um, it's almost like the starter from where soy sauce and miso comes from. So it's got a similar sort of salty umami flavor. Um, and then unique to this one, um, they also added eggplant and radish. So it's got a little bit more flavor from that. And then the soy sauce, they've, they've included, um, it's been aged in cedar barrels for two years. So it's really got a, a rich, like a very deep, rich flavor to it. Really reminded me of miso. Like it, I was surprised it didn't mm -hmm. have miso in because it seemed very similar, like that deep, a little bit salty, but just so so comforting that kind of deep umami flavor i love that thank you all right let's go to you mentioned it before yuba <laughs> uh, let's talk about that i have yeah so yamashiroya yuba ah uh, yes and yeah, yuba uh mm -mm. go ahead do you, you want to start oh no him? go ahead aki sorry uh, uh, no, no, uh, yeah, this one is from uh, Kyoto, but uh, we uh, Yuba we have uh, several like uh, places that is uh, famous for. Uh, which uh, one is a uh, Nikko, which is in Tochigi, and then the other is uh, in uh, Kyoto. And this one is from Kyoto. And Yamashiroya is actually very uh, interesting company who uh, who makes 
this kind of a unique but also very natural and, and a small packaged uh, uh, product, so which is very like a suitable for our audiences too. And yeah, uh, this is the tough skin. So when you boil uh, and uh, you you get the when you boil soy the milk. soy milk, yeah, soy milk, and you get the very like a thin thinner skin uh, uh, on the surface. And then, yeah, yeah, you try to like uh, you know uh, put it. Uh, and it's usually eaten uh, in raw. That is the best uh, way to eat. But uh, this one is dry. But uh, if you hydrate it, you can, yeah, uh, it gets soft and then use it for to wrap something or use it in a hot pot. And yeah, uh, this one is a yubamaki roll. And yeah, it's, hard, it's a very uh, versatile ingredient for the vegan dish just looks i'm really excited to try it um so it comes in the dried form so again very nice and light easy to send around that's awesome and then when you hydrate it like the mushrooms hydrate it and it becomes moist in japan i've had so many interesting dining experiences with yuba uh we've had yuba pizza yuba like you you make on the recipe on the website the crispy spring roll style yubamaki there and you use this uh other ingredient in the sauce right that's such a great idea so you're using two of the ingredients from the box yeah and you can you can slice it very thinly and then almost use it as a um like with pasta because it has somewhat of a similar texture but we'll add a little bit of creaminess to it so um, you can maybe cut down on the pasta, add a little bit of yuba, and maybe put like a cream sauce, and then we'll, you'll really get like a nice, very rich texture to your pasta dish. Mm -hmm. awesome. yeah, it, and it's also gluten-free, right? Because it's from soybeans, it's from tofu. So it's, yes. it's a gluten-free product as well, right? Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whenever I rave about uh, vegan products around Japan, and I have a, a bunch of friends on Twitter, and they always say, but is it also gluten-free? Because that would be the perfect item, you know, vegan and gluten-free. So if you mm -hmm. have both that you're looking for, sometimes that's really hard, right? Yeah, it, it would be really hard to find both. I mean, I like guess soy sauce use the wheat and, you know, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. So this foo, uh, this is from Kyoto, is it? Uh, no, uh, this is from, uh, uh, yeah, this uh, Yuba. Yuba is from Kyoto. Uh, Yuba, sorry. Mm -hmm. Is from Kyoto. Yeah, nice. So how do you, Aki, I want to hear a little bit more about your research. Are you, you get suggestions from other producers, but you must also be like reading newspaper articles or magazines or searching the internet to find some of these producers. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So you have to have your, your ear to the grindstone, finding all these great producers, right? Exactly. And then you can't really know when you can find the really good one. You know, this, uh, like uh, when you are searching for specific you know, product for the specific theme, you might not be able to find a good one. But I, I keep searching so that I always, you know, find a good uh, when I 
find a good one, I always think of, you know, what could be the you know, theme that we it, it can, this can product can be future zone. And then I try to, you know, accumulate all those, you know, good finding along the way. And so that uh, I make it easier uh, to, you know, uh, curate as the theme changes in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, uh, we, also, we, we also like to think of it as a partnership with our farmers and producers. And so a lot of times, yeah, as Aki mentioned, when we find um, a producer that maybe has a wide variety of different products, we like to um, try out their different products and sort of support them more than just once. You know, we like to showcase their products as often as possible. And I think um, it's an interesting way for our community members to get to know the producers when, you know, we can feature either if it's one producer that, you know, specializes in soybeans but has many different soy-based products, we can sort of show the versatility of that. Or we can go to a different producer who has a wide variety of different products and sort of show around the region, you know, depending on the season. Because um, a lot of our products do are only available for the season. Uh, I think one of the, um, I guess, good problems we have sometimes is people will see one of the past care packages and ask, "Hey, can we can we get it this month?" And um, for our subscriptions, once they're they're gone, they're gone. And a lot of it is because we um, we only want to order what we we need for that month. So that's part of the not wasting. We don't want to order more and then have inventory that goes to waste um, in case we don't sell as many boxes as we as intended. Um, we also want to make sure because a lot of them are small batch producers that they know exactly how much they need to produce. And so um, we don't want to overwhelm them in any way. Um, but we also just want to make sure that you know we can sort of showcase around the region. You know, if it's if it's yuzu season, so a lot of them will have just yuzu products for the fall. Or if it's sakura season, they will only have those sakura products around springtime. And so, um, once our packages are gone for the season, it's not because you know we're we're sort of keeping it a secret, but it's because a lot of times that the foods are so seasonal that they don't have enough production um, when it's off season. Yeah, good point. It's a lot more complex to run this kind of business than I'm sure we imagine. It's not just going to a local supermarket and putting a bunch of products into a basket and then sending it in a box. It's very complicated. And like I mentioned before, you guys are also introducing lots of great stories about all the producers making this beautiful magazine, doing all your social media. There is a lot of work you guys are doing. Oh, really thank you for understanding it. that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really for someone to yeah actually yeah understand that aspect. As you said, it's really really complex. You know to fit it, uh, whether that is fit in the box, fit in the budget. You know the the expiry date is okay, and you know we haven't featured recently yet, or those kind of thing combined. Yeah, you're trying to deliver. You know the everyone's as as best as that we could. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Thank you. I hope you can continue for a long time. I also want to mention that the although the packages, of course, like everything in Japan, are packaged in plastic, you guys are making such a great effort to pack the box without plastic. And as someone who's trying really hard in Japan to avoid plastic, I appreciate that so much. So that's another small point I would like to point out. You're doing a great job. Not much plastic packaging it's hard to do i appreciate that <laughs> well it's right, interesting even with our, yeah. the box itself we had sort of thought about you know coming up with with a different box that was maybe glossier and shinier and all of that but when we came when we sort of thought about it 
it kind of the box almost represents a little bit of the naturalness that we're we're sort of showcasing in our products and so we thought you know what the, the box that we use is is kind of great you know like it's not flashy we're not flashy you know we're just trying to bring you some good natural foods and so i think the box itself actually does in some ways represent our brand too <laughs> <laughs> definitely the box itself the packaging itself I reuse it all when I, you know, I'll, I'll keep this one for Christmas presents. I'll be sending in a couple months or, you know, like it's very easy. It's an origami style. So it's very easy to open carefully and then be able to reuse it. So I appreciate all of that. You're doing great. Uh, let's talk about the Kuzukiri. Yes, uh, this is also another of my favorite. Uh, I love the texture of it. It's become, you know, um, chewy. So it's like a mochi mochi mm. kind of texture. And we can only enjoy it in this noodle, not in other noodle. And also, you know, what, uh, when it comes to kuzu, you know, kuzu, uh, if that's a kuzuko, kuzu powder, it's actually the, the starch, but the um, honkuzu, that it's a, it's uh, literally translated as a true kuzu. It specifically uses the uh, true kuzuko, uh, uh, kuzu powder. So this one has that uh, kuzu, uh, real kuzu powder in it. So it makes the those uh, texture even more chewier. Uh, chewier. I think there might be some people that don't know what kuzu yeah, and is. Yeah, it's quite a, a versatile ingredient too, because I think. Is it a vegetable? It's a Yeah, root. it's a type of vine, I think. Vine. Kind of root. Yeah, it's a type of vine. And so they actually use the root to make the kuzu. Yeah. Kuzu starch made from a climbing and the noodles vine, themselves, which grows the native themselves in Japan. Are really quite yeah, and the noodles themselves are quite versatile. So as I think you were showing some of the pictures, you can use it in a hot pot or you can drizzle on a little bit of, um, I'm Canadian, so I'm allowed to say maple syrup on it to add a little bit of sweetness. So it can be made as a dessert. It can be made into something a little bit more hearty in a hot pot. So it's quite a, a versatile ingredient. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, in okay. a Japan, other Japanese dishes, you can find the kuzu, like in a, in a wagashi, Japanese sweets. You know, a kuzumochi, which is uh, like a really uh, chewy, uh, sweet mochi using the kuzu powder. So, yeah, and also uh, you can find the other um, and the cake or those kind of uh, baked sweets using the kuzu powder also. So it's a very versatile uh, as a uh, powder form. Wow. And I love to see all the noodles hanging here. Did you visit the manufacturer or did they send this to you? I would love to see this in action. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to actually visit uh, this producer, but uh, not yet, actually. They, yeah, they send the, uh, the, the inside, uh, you know, the, uh, factory. Uh, factory. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This is, yeah. it reminds me of, uh, like you said, a lot of the producers, very small scale, maybe family run businesses, right? It reminds me of like the shochu businesses in Kyushu, how it's just really such a small group of people putting on the labels on the bottles themselves. So I imagine when I see this picture of all the hanging kuzu noodles, I bet it's only a handful of people running this small business. 
it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, uh, what's good about uh, this producer is uh, they produce the so many different kinds of variety. Uh, so uh, which all of them are not that major. Uh, so yeah, I'm really like, uh, curious in how they operate to you know produce, keep producing all those variety in parallel. Yeah. I think this is part of your mission as well, right? Both of you for doing this business. With the aging population in Japan, the declining population in Japan, with a lot of these traditions of Japanese food kind of dying out, the support that you guys are giving these producers by promoting what they do, by selling their products to people abroad, you're helping make this whole heritage of this food more sustainable. So that's a really important point of your business model. That's the, yeah, the one of the big things that I really like uh, want to continue doing that in the future too, um, to bridge that, you know, the gap between, you know, the, those following people to overcome those, you know, the weirdness and the scariness to enjoy the more, you know, various Japanese food. And if they like, you know, experience those things in early stage of their life and they will be, you know, uh, able to enjoy more in the future. And so I want to like create more of those kind of, you know, the potential possibility in their, you know, lifestyle. Yeah, wonderful. All right, we have one more product in the box, the fried sendai food, the wheat gluten. This mm -hmm. is awesome. It looks like a French baguette, but it's not. <laughs> Tell right. us about this product. Yeah, uh, this is uh, another pr protein sauce, actually. You know, uh, well, for the vegan people, it might be like a really hard to uh, constantly check the, you know, the protein sauce, but uh, we include, the, you know, the koya tofu, yuba, and also this fu uh, is another like a good protein source. Uh, this is, uh, uh, we have a uh, different food in each region, and Okinawa, uh, uh, as you know, uh, uses the uh, normal um, tofu uh, for its uh, cuisine. But this one is very specific to the Miyagi Prefecture, Sendai, and this is a uh, deep fried. So it's very versatile. You can uh, use it in the soup. And also, you can actually sprinkle the salt and then just eat it as is, like a, you know, a cracker or something. It's very delicious uh, that way. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's uh, so interesting. Like, if you do eat it yeah, like it's a cracker, it's, it's a protein. It's not a carb, right? It's really interesting. Exactly. Yeah, Sorry, it's sort of like when you, you take the wheat and they pretty much they pretty much remove the starch from wheat. Um, and then so you're sort of left with a dense gluten, which is what the uh, the foo is, the sendai foo. And yeah, it's almost as you said, it, you almost describe it as a, a baguette. Like it's got that like crispy texture to it. But then once again, if you put it in a soup or something like that, it'll absorb more of the sauce and then sort of becomes a little bit more bread-like. So you can almost use it as a substitute, but it has more protein in it. Yeah, I think this is probably the number one question I'm always asked, like as a vegan vegetarian family, how do you get enough protein? 
And definitely, if you look at your diet as a vegan vegetarian, you're getting more than enough. So sometimes I worry about my meat eating friends. You're getting way too much. <laughs> but it definitely, it definitely helps you feel more full if you eat meals which have protein. So that's, that's another uh, complaint when people eat vegan vegetarian and they feel hungry soon after. Well, that's probably because they didn't have enough protein in that meal, right? So mm. when you add this to miso soup or you add it like in the picture, it looks like a curry or a, a stew. It really adds that extra level of fullness which I think you're going for. Uh, being a vegan doesn't mean you want to be on a diet all the time, right? Exactly. You want to feel satisfied. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, we have some comments. Uh, Pablo's joined from Los Angeles. Thanks for joining. Anthony from Galax City. And Kat says, as a vegan, a lover of Japan, a lover of Shodinori, and a former resident of Japan, I think this is amazing. I'm so hungry and so missing Japan watching this presentation. I see that Fu has the Veggie Project stamp. I've been helping them for many years. Wonderful. Yeah, we were just talking about the, the stamp, the lack of the labels, and how when you have the label, it's so important, and it gives the vegan user who's looking for the products so much more comfort that this might actually be vegan, right? Because even if you can read Japanese, reading through the ingredients, it's really hard to tell, is it, but is that all the ingredients? There was uh, one example of uh, almond milk that one of the big supermarket chains in Japan was using, but they were using animal ingredients to make it thicker for some reason but it didn't say on the ingredients very clearly. And you wouldn't expect almond milk to not be vegan. So I think there's a lot of skepticism and a lot of people a bit worried about what to buy. So definitely when you see the label, that really helps a lot. And when you have curators like you guys that you trust, that also really helps a lot. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for the comments, Kat. And uh, Kat says, nobody ever died of protein deficiency. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we have uh, about seven minutes left. Is there anything we haven't talked about with this box or with the business that you guys are working on or something coming up which you're excited about, which you want to talk about for a little while? Lillian, Aki? You want to say Lillian? Yeah, um, I'd love to share with some of the um, exciting things that we have coming up, um, especially as we get into the holiday season. I don't want to ruin too much of the surprise, but we are partnering with um, a couple of, of different people from around Japan um, and in the US, uh, probably names that um, some of your audience knows. So anyone who follows either social media on YouTube um, 
or has found some Japanese recipes, they, they will recognize these names. And so we've partnered with them to pick, find some of their um, favorite products from Japan. And we're curating boxes um, exclusively for each of our partners um, that will showcase you know, their favorite ingredients and some of their favorite recipes. Um, and as well as we get into the holiday season, we are putting together a baking care package. So this is going to include a lot of ingredients for the holidays that people can use to um, put together, you know, cookies or cakes and, and learn to bake with some of the different uh, Japanese ingredients, whether it be, you know, kinako, which is the soybean powder. We've got matcha powder that we're going to be including. Um, there's going to be agar, which is sort of the gelatin that people can use. Um, and we're going to have a ton of new recipes that people can try as well. So that's all coming for the holidays. And we're really excited to, to share that with your audience. That's awesome. I'm sharing your Pinterest page right now. That's another thing I'd love to mention is how beautiful all the photos are that you're oh, using you. on your social media. Is that you, Aki? Good job. <laughs> Many of them, yeah, taken by me. That is Aki, our in-house photographer. <laughs> it's not easy to take good food photos. You do it really well. Well, thank you. I try to improve as much as, much as I can, but uh, yeah, there are so many, you know, complexity and then so many, you know, uh, things that you need to work on to make it work. Yeah. Sometimes you need extra lighting. Sometimes yeah. you need like you're using the beautiful tatami underneath or a bamboo bowl or, you know, putting it with nature. You're doing such a beautiful job. I love it. Oh, thank you for noticing such a, you know, small aspect of what I do. That's really, you know, uh, what I feel so grateful for. I don't think it's small. <laughs> I think in, in terms of branding, the image is huge. It's a huge part of what you guys are doing. So yeah, great job. <laughs> Are you also doing all the recipes? Are you both working on the different recipes that you introduced? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, I, I, I think I people some, sometimes are surprised <laughs> on how much work goes into it. It is a very small team and we do, um, every month we end up putting together all the recipes, taking the photos, doing all the translations, writing all the stories. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, curating all the products. So it's a uh, it's a very it's a labor of love. But uh, we do have a, a small and, and growing team. You know, Aki and I are, are the co-founders, but um, we do have uh, some people. There's um, a person that helps us out in Japan. We have one um, in Boston, one in the Netherlands. And, you know, we've been able to sort of bring together a wonderful community of people who, who believe in, in what we're doing. And they've they've sort of come to us to, to join our team and they've been a wonderful help. And, um, you know, they help by, you know, creating the brochure and helping us with translations and some of our marketing as well. So, um, yeah, we're, we're slowly growing, but we're, we're sort of trying to do it in a, in a manageable way. We just want to make sure that every package that we put out there is up to the, the standards that, um, you know, our audience expects from us. So we, we do put in as much love and effort as we can. So we, we always appreciate when, you know, we hear any kind words and any positive comments or feedback. It's always sort of makes our day. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, keeping up with all the different social media channels as well as running a really beautiful website, uh, keeping all your stories of producers updated, uh, going back and forth with the producers, of course, putting your boxes together and then going back and forth with customers. There's a lot of work and run by female founders. I hope people appreciate how unusual this is. 
and uh, <laughs> respect both of you. You come from <laughs> different backgrounds. Both of you came from the finance sector, right? We did, yeah. yeah. How is it switching yeah, to think- retail and customer service all of a sudden? Um, I think for both of us, I mean, we both spent, you know, almost a decade in finance. And I think there's a lot of skills that we took from that. But I think, you know, we just really wanted to do something that we were passionate about. And, um, you know, I I think working in finance, I I mean, it's a it can be a stressful job. And, you know, the pay is obviously great. And, you know, it's it's more reliable. But this is just something that we love. And so, you know, they always kind of joke that you're willing to work, you know, 24 hours a day for something that you love to avoid working eight hours a day. And I think we kind of feel that way about our, our business, you know, um, because Aki and I are on almost different time zones. We feel almost like, you know, we're kind of are working 24 hours a day. But um, it's something that we love and we just love sharing it with our audience. And, you know, I living in Los Angeles, I actually get the care packages the same time everybody else does um and so it's really a treat for me because i almost get to open it as as a customer and it's um you know i get to see sort of the efforts that we put into it and so we're just honored to be able to to support the local japanese farmers and producers and showcase their products you know products that maybe come from a small village in japan that people haven't visited or never heard of we we have that opportunity to sort of share their story so we just kind of feel like we're we're the middlemen but it's such an honor for us to be able to to do that for um, our producers and for our community. That's wonderful. Now, Aki, you are on the Japan side and Lillian, you are on the US side. Uh, have you done any collaborations like Lillian with J- people in Japantown? Maybe want to promote one of your boxes or Aki, like Hinokuniya supermarket or one of the supermarket chains, which are more high end. I could see them helping you in promoting it on both sides. That would be an interesting development in your your company. But at the moment, you're finding enough business just running it yourself? Um, We are. I mean, I think we've been lucky, especially in the United States. There's been wonderful support through um, the different Japanese-American societies. We've partnered, um, as you mentioned, Los Angeles. There's the um, Japanese-American Community Center that we've worked with. Um, and, you know, in this global world that we're in, we've been able to connect with different people who are passionate, whether it be, um, you know, bloggers or, or people who have Japanese people living outside of Japan who have cooking classes that they host online. Um, but, you know, we're always open to partnerships. So if, if anyone wants to sort of knock on Muji's door, if there's anyone else who'd like to work with us, I mean, we're always happy. As we said, you know, for us, it's just about sharing the stories and sharing the food. So for as many people who, who love these products, we want to be make sure that they're able to get a care package in their homes. That's wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for joining and sharing your insights. And I am going to enjoy this Shojinori care package so much this week. And my family will thank you as well. <laughs> thank you, thank thank you, so you much. Joy. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. We very much appreciate everyone's time. And thank you for everyone who joined us today. We, we hope we were able to share a little bit of our, our, our world in Japan with you. And, and uh, thank you again. We hope to, to talk with your audience again soon. Thank you, Joy. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, we had some great comments and questions today. If you want to find out more about the Shojin Yori box and the other boxes, have a look at Kokoro Cares. Is it kokorocares.com? K-O-K-O-R-O-C-A-R-E-S.com. And you can also find them on lots of social media, Pinterest, 
Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube? Do you have any YouTube? No, I'm sure that'll be in the works at some point. We'll probably, <laughs> we get a lot of requests to sort of put our videos into to action. So we might have to start a YouTube channel as well as soon as we find another moment in our days. <laughs> yeah, when you have a little bit more time. Aki, I would love to see you go and visit all the producers and do yeah. interviews and video from the pr production phase or uh, you guys doing recipes and sharing those videos. So I think there's a lot of potential to move more into YouTube as well. Yes, yes, that's on my list for sure. <laughs> Wonderful. Our ever-growing list. You're, you're doing more than enough, but there's always room for growth, right? <laughs> exactly, we agree. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much, Lily Great, and Anaki. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for thanks. having us. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.